Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? Good, good, good. Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship and welcome to our new waterfall that we have over here. Um, so yeah, um, we are having a bit of an issue over there. So, and I thank you that you haven't been allowing it to be a distraction. Thank you for the brothers that's making moves over there to take care of it. Amen. Amen. Um, and we are um, we're getting that corrected. Um, just when you have a hundred and something year old buildings, sometimes stuff like that might happen, A to the men. So we're probably gonna have to restore that pipe or whatever over there. Um, want you to be in prayer, cause uh, you know, we, we have, this, this is a minor issue compared to what our church in Malawi um, is dealing with. They uh, got kicked out of their building. And so they have hundreds of people meeting under trees, uh, like the church invisible during slavery. And they're saying more people come to Christ under a tree than they did when they were in a building. And so, um, I, know, I, know, I know we in America and everything gotta be a certain way, but you know, this is small compared to that, amen? And so, um, thank you for allowing us to deal with this and not to get distracted by it. Well, let's dig in, stand to your feet. Um, we are in the next portion of um, our section on the series that we're in on biblical womanhood. Um, the series is on actually family, and we'll see how that fits in together. Proverbs 31, just 10 through 5. Uh, we're going to read those and then dig in. On three, one, two, three, go. Amen. Amen. We'll only deal with verses 10 through 12 today. Uh, our um, title for today is The Complexity and Beauty of Biblical Womanhood. The complexity. Somebody say complexity. complexity. Somebody say beauty. beauty. Biblical womanhood. Let's dig in. Father, we thank you. Honor you for the opportunity to realize that the scripture covers everything. And one of the things that I like about what the scripture covers is I like that it covers um, what things come from you, what people come from you, what in this world comes from you and how they're defined by you. Many times in our world, people want to redefine um, things in a way that um, don't reflect the manufacturer's mandate and commitment to it. And so God, we wanna continue to promote that reality and encourage men and women through this series to walk with you and also to be ferociously committed in family as singles and as married folks. And God, I'm praying that our identity will be found in you. And as we dig in today, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. 
um, I'm encouraged in many ways today um, as we talk about and look at womanhood and culture. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by many ways in which uh, the chauvinistic patriarchal nature of Western society is pushing back on how womanhood is defined. I think that those things are very, very good, and I think we need to make sure that we push back on those things that have nothing to do with biblical womanhood um, and, and, and the way in which women historically have been marginalized, marginalized. And, and, and I know that African-American women are trying to um, work through biblical, um, well, womanhood in general, um, as it's being divorced from the general feminist movement um, because the feminist movement utilized black women for their numbers, but black women didn't get the benefit of what they got. And so when you, when you look at that idea, particularly in the church, it begins to look at ways in which I would say white evangelicalism and evangelicalism in and of itself has been very destructive in its reductionist understanding of what womanhood is. And so we find ourselves in a place where uh, we're having to challenge ignorant notions of those who would reduce womanhood to uh, a substandard cultural womanhood versus biblical womanhood. And so many of you find yourselves as women in the crisis of what does it mean to figure out what does it mean for me cross ethnically um, to, to understand what does it mean to be a woman and then how <clears throat> can I get away from the cultural captivity that you may personally have by being impacted the way uh, people in culture view womanhood versus the way the Bible views womanhood? One of the major concerns that I have um, today, though, is, 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 is really not towards women understanding a womanhood. I think that's a, a, a good thing. I get concerned when uh, Christian women... Uh, identify more with the cultural freedoms of general culture as defining womanhood versus the Bible defining womanhood. Now you, now you know I'm about being woke and all that kind of stuff, but uh, you know we roll like that, but wokeness has to be biblically woke. If it's worldly woke, it's just choked, it's not woke. All right, so when we talk about being woke, we believe the Bible says for freedom Christ has set you free. And in other words, you should want everything God has for you in the identity that he's given you. And in light of that reality, I, 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 want, I, I want and I'm desirous of women in the church cross ethnically, understanding the different cultural narratives that you deal with in your particular culture and general culture. Let me see if I can un unpack that. In other words, Latino women deal with things Asian women have a culture of womanhood that's viewed based on growing up in the narrative of Asian culture. White women have a narrative or a multifaceted of narratives of growing up in white culture. And black women have a narrative that has been developed and shaped and nurtured in this country by the cradle of 1619 all the way almost up to 2019. And so when we begin to work through this reality and we want to challenge this, we want women to stand up as cultural prophets. When we talk about standing up as cultural prophets, what we're wanting you to do and what we want to see God call you to do is be ferocious in your veracity towards your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to be ferocious in your understanding of what the gospel is, what the Bible is, but then you working through and having the space 
to work through what it means to be a woman of value and a woman in, 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 from the scriptures in this world that wants to tell you who you are. You got to be careful of let, letting people tell you who you are versus getting to the manufacturer of who you are. So we come here to a text where a king is learning from his mother. King Lemuel is learning from his mother about what it's going to be like to be king. She's giving him some instructions. She gave him instructions from verse, uh, verses 1 through 9. And in verse 8 and 9, as a king, usually you would just run over the poor and ignore them. But his mother gives him instruction on when you become king, you can't wild out on the poor. You have to be a voice for those who have no voice. But it's interesting that verses one through nine deal with certain issues as his mother is shepherding him, if you will, proverbially engaging him, if you will, nurturing him. That's the beauty of a, a biblical motherhood is biblical motherhood has the ability to give boys in particular uh, wisdom and blind spots that we will have because of how visually oriented we are and how culturally oriented we are when a woman who is in the context of a family begins to play a massive role in the speaking into the life of young men and helping them to see some of the blind spots we as fathers may have or things that a woman can give to a young man that a, 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 a man can't give. You see this in this text. And know what I like about this next section is she know that since Lemuel is on the come up, it's going to be a lot of women coming Lemuel's way because he finna be king. Amen. And as he finna be king, he needs to have discernment. Somebody say discernment. And, and, and in having discernment, his mother, I don't know if she in the kitchen uh, with her hand on her hip like this. You know when your mama do you like that and look down over her glasses like that about to jamify you up, right? And, 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 and she's given him wisdom on what it looks like to choose the best woman you can choose. In other words, to rule your kingdom well, you need a beastly queen and a beastly King. Oh, you missed that right there. That's something good to celebrate right there. Uh, uh, it, it's good for there to be a balance in the relationship and family. Now, this is not just in the, we're not, also, we're not defining womanhood just in the context of manhood. Okay? So, so this is not that necessarily, yet the Bible places it sort of in that context. In other words, you being a relationship in a relationship doesn't define your womanhood, which we'll see in a second. We'll see who and what and when and why and where womanhood and how womanhood is defined. But what's beautiful about this passage is it's a climax of the end of the book of Proverbs. So really the passage isn't necessarily about biblical womanhood. I know that sounds oxymoronic, but, 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 but the passage is about climaxing what wisdom looks like at its best. The, the, the sage, there's the, the stages of this thing. Sages are old heads in a culture who, who take the best pithy statements and stories and puts them together as life lessons for those who come after them. So when you look at a book like Proverbs, y'all still tracking with me, right? Um, when you look at a book like Proverbs, it, it, even though this is a collection of sayings put in a book organized in 31 chapters with a multiplicity of verses, what you're having is a push to where chapter 31 says, if you want to see wisdom at its best, find a godly woman and you'll see it. 
The best biblical personification and cultural personification of womanhood or wisdom is, is, is a woman who is in concert and covenant with Yahweh, submitted to his mindset, submitted to his purposes, committed to his will, committed to his way, committed to his work, and ferociously committed to him. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so it, it, it brings me to my first and only point for today. And then I'll be out your way. It's not about how you shape on the outside. It's about how you shape on the inside. That's all I want to say. It's not about how you shape on the outside. It's about how you shape on the inside. Um, it says here, who can find a wife of noble character? Stop. Question mark. It's put there. Uh, uh, and the question mark is put there for a particular reason, um, um, because it's as if now that womanhood is something you got to look for. You can't assume. Uh, uh, just because someone is in a female frame as an adult doesn't mean they are a woman. In, 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 other, in, other, in other words, because womanhood has always been more than about your frame. And, 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 and my hope today is to get you beyond your frame to God's fame. Okay. And so, and so, and so as we look at this idea of this, it's, it's like, they want, she, said, she said, son, this type of woman I'm about to spit to you is hard to find. I mean, I mean, you're going to see a lot of people come up to you. And what they're going to do, son, is they're going to put their best foot forward in order to be a queen. But, but don't, don't marry a woman to become your queen. She should already be a queen before she marries you. In, 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 in other words, she should have already been crowned before you gave her the ring. In, in other words, your relationship, who you are shouldn't make her who she is. She should already be who she is before she gets to you. See, see that, that's what makes a biblical woman a biblical woman. In other words, she's not thirsty for somebody to find her. She's like, I'm good. I'm walking around. I, I want to be found. Now. I ain't going to front. I want to be found. But you understand know what I'm saying? But I'm going to walk around here and I'm going to be my little fly self in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to walk around and I'm going to do what God called me to do. And I ain't going to worry. I'm not going to be on the stalk for every little thing, that, every little chocolate or light skin or silky head, little wavy John that come through the door. Listen, I'm trying to be who God wants me to be because I want my identity to be found in him and not in me. And so, shoot, I'm doing my thing <laughs> know what know what know, know what you should be like when you know God find me listen don't worry about don't worry about listen listen don't worry about nothing and and listen your total life commitment shouldn't be being found Because, because if you know Jesus, you've already been found. <laughs> um, um, but as it says, who can find a wife of noble character? Noble character. The, the term here is Eshel Chayil. Eshet Chayil is the term. It means, it, it, it's, it's, that, 
It's that beastly Hebrew term that has a multifaceted meaning. It's one of those terms that's used throughout scripture in several ways. It's, it's one of the ways to exalt someone's depth of character, but it's also used of warriors. In other words, a fighter. Uh, um, the David's mighty men were known as Eshikhael, or mighty men of valor. Uh, uh, if you remember, when, when Boaz saw Ruth, he, was, he never talked about her physique one time in the book of Ruth. What he said was when he saw her character, guess what he said? He said, you are an Eshel Chayil. You are a woman of great worth. The term here is a beautiful term because it points out the exaltation of what God, listen, wants a woman to be in her value and in her worth versus what culture says. Now, you got to understand Proverbs. Proverbs breaks down two types of women. It's two types of women in the book of Proverbs, okay? There's the foolish woman. She's loose, licentious, and destructive. Then you have the wise woman. The wise woman is godly and gracious. Now, the question you have to ask yourself, I'm not trying to hit you, just let it hit you. Are you a foolish woman or are you a wise woman? Are you loose, licentious, and destructive? Or are you godly and gracious? Oh, the amens went silent there. It's okay. Um, uh, let, let me give you a few verses on this ideology of the difference between the two. Um, Proverbs 9:13. Folly is a, a, a rowdy woman. She is gullible and knows nothing. The idea of the word folly there is riotous or a rootless woman. In other words, this woman isn't rooted anywhere. An unrooted woman, listen, an unrooted woman is a person who allows themselves to be rooted in what gives them value at that particular time in their life versus saying, I'm not going to bend on my value because my value is rooted in the one who bought me and who saved me. And some of you under the sound of my voice have a problem because you're always trying to adjust to be found versus being findable and letting God grace you to be fine. Listen, you have to stop in the mighty name of Jesus of morphing and transforming into what's around you in order to be findable. Never let anybody bring you down from where God wants to put you at. Never have to go below biblical standards to get somebody. Never change your life direction because you want to get somebody. No, your life is not about you getting somebody. Your life is about the fact that you've been bought by somebody. And now because you've been bought by somebody, you, whether you're single for the rest of your life, and I know you're about to curse me out right now, but you should be able to stand firm in no compromise so that well done is the greatest thing in your life that you would be able to hear from the God of heaven. And when you look at this, it says in verse, verse, uh, verse 22 of chapter 11, it says a beautiful woman who rejects good sense is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. Lord have mercy. 
I said, Lord, to the mercy, all right? In other words, you can be fine, but not be fine. Mm, mm, mm. Um, now, see, let me give you something for free, fellas. Some of you all have a substandard view of what is fine. One of the things that men need to be trained to do as Christians is how to find the right thing. We'll come back to that later. Somebody said, this is the women's week, Pastor. This is the women's week. It ain't about that. All right. And so when it talks about a beautiful woman who rejects good, uh, it's like a, a ring in the snout of a pig. In other words, that's when a woman is looking for what's on her to give her value. In other words, I want to show my value based on how I make you, my appearance appear to you so that you'll like the appearance and not the reality of who you are. Another one, it says in, uh, in, in 22, 14, it says, the mouth of the forbidden woman is as deep as a pit. A man cursed by the Lord will fall into it. But then it goes to the wise woman, and this, these are the two communities that pull up on the Ashit Hayel, if you will, and we'll begin to see the beauty of the, the, the way the Bible nurtures the character of biblical womanhood, right? In chapter 11, verse 16, it says, a gracious woman gains honor. But, but violent people gain riches. In other words, this idea of a woman gaining honor is she's gracious. In other words, she doesn't walk around with a bitter chip on her shoulder. In other words, a godly woman is committed to dealing with whatever in her life makes her bitter. Graciousness has to come from the soul. Oh, you, you don't know. You don't know, do you? Because cause, cause bitterness is just a yakowism. Now, a yakowism means you're always on the edge of your little bitey little person. You understand what I'm saying? Every, everything gets on your nerves real easily, and you're, and you're not a joy to be around. Uh, um, that's not a godly woman, because a godly woman looks into the brokenness of her life and says, I don't want to be bitter all my days. I don't want my past to mess me up. What I want to do is I want to, whatever I got to do, I got to get counseling, I got to go to life group, I got to go to church, I got to go to a conference, I got to get in the scriptures, I got to get in worship and put on the garment of prayer. Whatever I got to do, I don't want to be defined by what happened to me because I want graciousness to come from my soul versus, in other words, a, 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 a godly woman doesn't, doesn't, it's not always on the negative side. In, in, other, in, other, in, other, in other words, pessimistic about everything. Pessimistic about everything. Ain't nothing worse than somebody that focuses on the bad in everything. The sun is shining outside. Emerald green, blue water, you know what I'm saying? Black sand seashores and everything. You understand what I'm saying? People laying out and, and palm trees swaying back and forth and you look out and see one thing and then you find something wrong with it. In other words, a person that's not, a woman that's not walking in grace finds her life and builds her life around what's negative and what begins to happen to that type of woman is she begins to repel community. Because community wants to be around that which invests 
and sees the negative, but has, a, see, a graciousness means seeing the redemptibility of all things. See, it's nothing like having somebody in your life. It's nothing like having somebody in your life that can see tragedy happen, but they can be honest about the difficulty of the tragedy, yet encourage you at the end of it beyond where it is. That's what a godly woman does. It doesn't see the worst in everything and recatalyze or recatalog based on these past unhealed experiences and every time go straight to the mess instead of seeing God's work through the test. So when you look at this Ashit Chayil, if you will, this beautiful, beautiful term uh, that, that it talks about, it's about the ruling strength of the Messiah in one passage. In other words, this is talked about in Psalm 110.3. It's used of Jesus Christ. In other words, this is a messianic characteristic. So listen, ladies, this is not something you give yourself. Okay. Okay. See, see when you feel the pressure of trying to give yourself character, that's, like, that's, that's not how the gospel works. The way things work is when you put your confidence in Jesus Christ, he imputes to you the character that is needed so that the power and expectation that comes out of it comes from him and not you. So it's not something that you make happen in your life. You go get it. That's why the Bible says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his glory and excellence. Uh, in other words, in other words, when, 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 when you got saved, God downloaded onto your feminine hard drive everything you needed to be a godly woman. So godly womanhood comes from what's within you, not what you try to put in you. That's very important to recognize in the grand scape of things. But, but, but one of the things that's very, very important in the beauty of biblical womanhood is what's your brand as a woman? What's your brand? Um, does what you represent match who God bought you to be? Let's see if I can make it plain. It was one, it was one, um, one, 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 one uh, artist got with this company. I'm not going to say the artist's name. The company was corny. It's corny than a mug. And I was trying to figure out, because this is a fly little artist. I'm like, why are you wearing that? Oh, it was about the bread. But you didn't know that wearing that company was actually bringing down the brand you had. In, in other words, it's bringing you down. And so you, you got something out of it, but it also took something away from you in the process because you were willing something that really didn't represent you in order to get something monetarily in return. Let me tell you something, ladies. Don't ever downgrade yourself to brand yourself based on the cultural epitomes of this culture and not to be submissive to the glory of what God has made you to be, to brand and wear the gear on the, on, the, on, the, on the runway of life, what God has called you to fashionably show off in the character of the femininity that God has called you to. As we look even further into it, looking at this idea of virtue, we see next that he says something interesting. He says, who can find it? She is far more precious 
than jewels. I like this. I, I like this for a lot of reasons. Because he's basically, mama's basically telling Lemuel, baby, a real woman, what she has on doesn't give her no value. It's the reverse, baby. She gives what she has on value. Oh, you missed that. In, in, in other words, a godly woman knows that she brings value to the table. I love it. See, you ain't get it yet. It's okay. You don't have to go places to get value. When you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you walking with him, I mean, you ain't got to swag it all out, you know, be all swagged, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I bring value to well. No, you don't even have to do that because you don't even have to say nothing. Your valuability just comes in the room. And let me see if I can make a plan. In other words, I, you know what I hate the dudes to do on the street sometimes? Grab a woman's hand when they're trying to holler. They don't even know her. Now, I, I don't feel none of that. Now, I'm not trying to say that you made something happen to you negative that happened to you. But, 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 but a godly woman, you know, she don't say, hey, you know, he, is he cute? Okay. And then, hold, you know, let him hold the hand and rub it all on your hand. He don't even know you. <laughs> See, a godly woman don't care what buddy look like. Godly woman like, hold on. Um, what do you, I mean, do I know you? I mean, you don't tell, no, I'm just trying to holler. You know, not do, do. No, 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 that's, that's not how you talk to a woman, young man. No matter how old he is, call him young man. That's not, see, see, I don't, I don't know what you're used to, but son, you don't grab a woman you don't know by her hand and start stroking her hand. I, I don't know where your hand's been, first of all. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just going, no, 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 but you know, and then when, he, then when you start walking away, oh, you, beep, beep, beep. I hate when dudes do that. Just, and, and listen, listen, don't turn back. Just keep walking. Just have your little pocketbook and you just keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Shoot. But, but then they'll get to a point to where a godly woman got this persona. You know, when you're around some people that you've been around for a minute, there's certain things that people just won't say around you because you're there. Oh, let me see if I can make it plain. See, when I was in college, I, I was an interesting little dude, you know? Um, you know, and, and I remember Shorty right there. And you know, I, I remember, you know, walk across the campus Little golden brown caramel macchiato ministry. No, no whip, you know. Well, across the campus. And she, for me, carried like this swagalicious godliness. 
that demanded respect to where you wouldn't go just touch her body and do different things to her. In other words, there was a, I didn't know what it was because I wasn't a believer at the time. But, but you knew not to just talk to Yvette any old kind of way because, you know, she wasn't running around the corner beating people with the Bible and out there, you know what I'm saying, doing all types of things and she didn't wear big church hats. But her, just, she just, and I'm not against that, I'm, you know what I'm saying, but, <laughs> but she, was, she was just, you know, she just was just something. I, I couldn't put my hand on it. Then when I started walking with the Lord. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now don't get me wrong. Shorty was fine. Shorty was fine. Shorty was fine. You were fine. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> but there were a lot of beautiful women on campus. It's a black college campus. But something arose larger than her body that said more to me in her silence than her makeup, her hairdo, her outfit, and she was modest. So I didn't get to see the situations. I didn't see, I didn't see. Uh, you know, back then it was 90, so everything was a little baggy back then, but I mean, it was just, you know, some stonewashed jeans, a nice sweater that covered the situation. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to objectify women. I'm just telling you what she was like. And I was like, I like that I don't see everything. You know what I'm saying? And I like that when she finally talks, it has depth to it. Hallelujah. And see, being more precious than jewels, you can wear a bourbon bag if you want to, but it don't get no value to you. You can wear an MCM bag, it don't give no value to you. You can wear a Fendi bag, you can wear a Coach bag, you can, wear, you can go to the Mac counter, you can get you some Chanel, whatever other stuff y'all do, you can get whatever kind of beautiful attachments, put in your beautiful hair to the roots, and you can put on beastly makeup, you can get a beastly outfit, you can get it made, but at the end of the day, you in your character as a woman bring value to what is on you, not what's on you brings value to you. Uh, verse 11 said the heart of her husband trust her oh wish I had time Lord have mercy so trust here or a heart here is, is the threefold trichotomy of Proverbs mind emotions will when a man when a man and this is and again I'm not saying that women find their um, the value in being found I'm just exegeting what the text says about this right so the heart of a husband trusts a woman with his values and with his emotions and with his volition. In other words, in other words, men are stonehenge in their hearts emotionally. We try to act like that. We, we show it in other ways. Anger is a way of showing substandard emotion, right? Un unrighteous anger. But, but a godly woman draws out of him things that he wouldn't tell anybody else. In other words, a, 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 a man shouldn't be giving 
everything about himself away to everybody. You shouldn't be giving everything about you away to everybody. This is for free. That's why you can't be a serial dater. Because when you serial date, you give more to people than their covenant experience and commitment earned. Because the reason why many of y'all get burnt is because you give your emotions away too early. And, and, and there, there should be some withholding of the situations, of your emotion. I'm not just talking about your body, I'm talking about even your emotion, because the emotional part is the hardest part to get over. But once you get married, listen, once you get married, the husband trusts his wife with all different types of things. And that's the beauty of this. It says, and he will not lack in any good thing in his life. Why? Because he trusts his wife. And that's the beauty of what a godly woman does is she's the, she has the ability to build trustworthy relationships, not just with a man, but we'll talk about later of other women. Because I'm sick of women talking about I don't do women. That's childish. That's childish. It's not biblical. It's not biblical for women. You to base every experience. You, you don't do women, but you a woman. But then you want to build relationships with men. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm, I'm a land this. Help me. I mean, can I say this part? Let me think. See, see, I'm going to say it again. You, you got to learn to build relationship with women not having best friend relationships with men. Okay, I'm gonna say that for later. And I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, he will lack in no gain. She, would, she does him good and not harm. I love it all the days of his life, which points us to the reality of this. And she says, she rewards him with good and not evil all the days of his life, which in closing, I gotta close this. We're gonna, we're gonna pick it up next time. Got a lot more to say. But the relationship of a woman to a man in this passage points to a larger relationship. Just as the, the husband trusts his heart to his wife is what Jesus does to the church. The, the, the church is entrusted with, with a stewardship because of relationship that he died for the church and as he died for the church, that brings them into relationship and gives them depth of relationship. The same way that happens in the relationship with the church and Jesus Christ is the same way we'll see later when we get to Ephesians 5 that, the church, that a man's relationship should be a woman, with, with a woman, one woman that he's committed to, right? And that, and, that, and that relationship and that symbiotic relationship of grace that God has given is the foundation for family. The health of men and women breeds and develops the health of family. But women, I want you to, if you don't walk away with nothing else, I want you to walk away with this. I want you to walk away with the reality of the fact that your value is more than you could ever imagine. One of my favorite verses is in chapter three of Ephesians where it says, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all comprehension. In other words, if you're dealing with value issues, the more you know how much you're loved by Jesus, the more you'll value yourself. Loving yourself isn't automatic. Loving yourself comes from loving Christ, which gives value to yourself so that there's something there to love. If you can only be viewed up close, 
then that, that's not the best view of you. Because God has made you bigger than that. And closing up, artists, artists, these dudes went to an art exhibit and they had a little party there and they had the dudes had on them little skinny suits, you know, high waters and um, stuff. From the, um, you know, I'm born in 73, different situation. I love y'all. Um, and they in the, they in the, they in there and they're looking at this painting. They're looking at this painting and as they're looking at this painting, dude was like, I'm not feeling this painting. Oh, buddy, that's an experienced artist, dude. He's like, yeah, man, um, I, I hear what you're saying. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? You know, you got to ask a dude that. Um, he put his hand on his shoulder. He said, now, now back up with me. He said, back up. Keep backing up. They were backing up, and the guy said, hmm. Hmm. Wow. Oh, that's dope. Oh, that's dope. And what he began to see is as he began to back up from the painting, the artist had created the painting to be more than what it was up close. He wanted, as you backed up, it expanded out to something bigger and beautiful than just standing at it and staring at it real close. There were so many contours and glory and beauty to the art that you have to back up from a distance to enjoy the massivity of the beauty of the art. That's what you are as a woman. In other words, you're not just an up close look to be touched, but you're something to be backed up off of so that you can be looked at because of what Christ has done in your life. And, you, and your life is so expansive. The experiences that Jesus Christ has redeemed, the transformation that he's brought in your life is too much to just be an outside thing. Your outside is only this deep. Your, your soul in which Christ has redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ is so massive. And the more the more you grow spiritually, the more you grow spiritually, like the universe is expanding, your soul expands in Christ like that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So find your value in him. I'm done. Father, we thank you and we honor you for your glorious mercy, your kindness that knows no end. Pray that you will redeem, help women to know who they are in you. Um, they are not what the culture has made them to be, but they're who you made them to be. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with you. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give, and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.